is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Hello, good evening and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell and I'll be with you until 7 o'clock. Coming up on the programme this evening, we'll talk to a recently retired Kilkenny businessman who's found himself starting a new business around his passion for kayaking and who now said he's never been busier. With 2023 approaching the halfway stage at the end of this month, we'll speak to Jerry Duffy, who last joined us in January when we were all talking about New Year's resolutions and goal setting for 2023. If you set yourself some goals at the start of the year but have wandered a bit off course, he could have just the advice you need. And with staff recruitment and retention, a challenge for many businesses, we'll talk to John Hurley of Kilkenny Chamber and John O'Shanahan of Lean BPI about an upcoming event taking place this day week. But first, joining me on the line is Lorcan Allen, business editor for the Business Post, to talk about some of the business stories which have caught our eye over the last week. Good evening to you, Lorcan. How you, John? Very well. Um, you couldn't but feel well, really, with the good weather. Has it had any impact on business, uh, to your mind? I spoke to Austin Hughes last week. There's no hard evidence for it, but must be good for business. It's good for sentiment, anyway. Yeah, there's no data at the minute to show, but I, I think anecdotally, if you you, you kind of look around, um, people are out enjoying the good weather, um, and they're out and about, and and certainly it seems busy in you know in in pubs and restaurants and um, you know activities like that where people are enjoying enjoying the good weather while we have it. Um, yeah, I suppose know, much it of last too long. Yeah, I suppose much of GDP and all this sort of stuff is due to multinationals and you know the sale of Viagra and all that. But if you drill down to local things it must be good for the sale of summer clothes and all that kind of stuff and ice creams and buckets and spades. It, it, def- it, it, it definitely is John I mean actually um, Bank of Ireland released some figures um, today earlier this morning and I mean unsurprisingly they're they're showing their figures for May they can see on their consumers um, their, their bank cards their, their debit cards where the transactions were taking place it was in a lot of the coastal regions of Ireland with people you know trying to get out to the to the different parts of the of Ireland on, on breaks and holidays um, and big increases double digit increases in spending on, on everything, as you said, from clothes and food, restaurants, fast food, bars, um, hotels, all doing really well. So, you know, despite the challenges of inflation and, um, you know, the cost of living, Irish people, um, you know, they're, they're still spending money. There's confidence there among consumers. Um, yeah. And I think that's, you know, it shows the strength of the underlying Irish domestic economy. Yeah, and um, cards are a good indicator, really, because cash has kind of faded out. I don't carry cash anymore. Many people would be the same, I think. If you're a business that's relying on cash sales, I would suggest you'd be under pressure, largely. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's clearly moving that direction. Um, I haven't I haven't seen a recent figure for what percentage of transactions are done over card now, but it's increasing by the week, I'd imagine. I mean, more and more people, um, you know, it's just how we do business. We don't, I, I very rarely have cash on me anymore, like yourself, uh, John. So um, it is the key indicator. I think it can, it, 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 and it gives real te- time data as well of like how, you know, consumers are spending the money, what they're spending it on. Um, and interestingly, I actually spoke to one of the, the uh, senior 
senior banker this week and I was asking him, you know, what's what are you seeing in your, your loan book? Are you seeing any stress or anything like that with the cost of living? And he said no. And he said, you know, the cards allow us to see um, the data if there's something, you know, if there's trouble coming. You know, you can see people switching to credit cards and consumer debt going up where people are, you know, they don't have the, the cash coming in. So they're, they're putting things on credit cards. Mm. So there's no sign of that at all at the minute. Irish people are, um, you know, mortgages and even with interest rates going up, people are, are, are doing really well. So look, there's definitely cohorts of society that are struggling, but there's a lot of um, uh, areas of the country that are doing really well. And what about tourism? This is probably the first quote unquote normal year for tourism in a while. And maybe it's not even really normal. But last year, if I remember correctly, there was just an unbelievable um, kind of release of demand that had literally been locked down for so long. This year, probably, you know, people are going abroad more freely. How's the Irish tourism industry doing, do you think? Yeah, well, a lot of Irish people are going abroad again um, because there's been, you know, you've had the certainty to be able to make bookings in early, you know, in uh, after in, at the start of the year to say that I'm going to go on my holidays in May or June or whatever and make the bookings. For we couldn't do that last year because we were still in the middle of lockdowns for the first part of the year. So while Irish people maybe are getting back out abroad and on flights, we also are seeing international tourists come back into Ireland. Um, so certainly, um, I mean, I don't, the US. Uh, uh, tourists isn't back to the same volume it was pre-COVID, but it's getting there. And every time I hear Lingus talking about their where their business is at, um, it's improving all the time. And their goal, I think, by the end of the summer is to be back by full 100% capacity of what it was doing before COVID in terms of the numbers of American visitors or flights it's doing in and out of America and if you've ever come back up from any of those flights on the US it's all full of US tourists coming to Ireland mm. um, to spend a decent chunk of time here and, and travel a good bit of the country so that's and they're, they're key um, the other like the main tourist the, the biggest tourism uh, country for us in terms of inward tourists is has always been the UK um, there was a lot of concerns about the UK economy uh, at the end of last year and where they had an intercession, it's actually proved to be a little bit more resilient than people thought. Um, and, and UK uh, tourists are coming back here again this year because the sterling, sterling is actually quite strong at the minute uh, relative to the euro. So there's maybe a bit of value for them to be had to come over here um, and have their holidays here in, in Ireland. Uh, so that's been strong as well, which is good. Both of those things are good for um, good for the Irish tourism industry. So yeah, I think it's been off to a good start uh, to the season um, as we get into July, August and September, the, the peak season months, I think we'll know a little bit more about how the tourism industry is bouncing back after a very difficult couple of years. Yeah, so while not underestimating the challenges that people, businesses and individuals face, uh, some reasons to be cheerful. Now, bringing it all back locally uh, to Kilkenny, Carlo Kilkenny, a lot of people working in the Cluntech group. What a week for them with the sale or the agreement uh, to sell uh, Amidas to US multinational UKG group eye-popping numbers for a company that was really only founded seven years ago by Terry Clown. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible story and a really, you know, brilliant story of an Irish founded company, um, you know, being sold for that kind of money and another big exit for Terry Clune, um, uh, of the Manny business, the serial entrepreneur, uh, Terry, like he's built and, uh, many businesses and, and still operates other, a lot of other businesses part of his group. But as you said, uh, his company, Amidas, it's a company that provides HR, uh, solutions to companies that have staff in multi jurisdictions where you're dealing with different payroll um, 
operations for maybe people in one country and a different system in another one, it kind of helps bring it all under one thing. He's after selling that company for we understand close to 600 million euros which is a phenomenal um a phenomenal return um and you know it, it's it's a big employer 375 people um 100 of them are based in ireland yeah as you said sold to a big us multinational ukg um which are headquartered in florida so it's it's a brilliant um a brilliant uh, story for for terry clune and, and and again that they exited that business um and you know it's it's just the latest example as uh, for for terry as you said like i mean last year he he um his um his company Transformate became a tech unicorn, which is valued at over a billion dollars uh, valuation. When he, after he secured some some more funding for that company, so Terry's certainly proven himself to be quite the entrepreneur. What a guy! Yeah, absolutely, and he could well be listening because he lives just out the road uh, from Kilkenny City. Yeah, and his company's in the Clune Tech Group. You mentioned Transformate, but also Taxback International, which I suppose was the mothership. Taxback.com, Sprintax, Visa First, and Benamic. I mean, you know what a group of companies and and you know we're delighted to have Terry and his group headquartered here in Kilkenny moving on though like looking internationally um, a lot of people when they're busy at work dream of being on the golf course talk to us a bit about the big business story in golf during the week yeah, um, as a golf fan myself, uh, John, I was kind of caught off, uh, off guard on Tuesday evening when the news emerged that uh, the PGA Tour had announced it effectively a merger with uh, the, its arch nemesis, this Live Golf Tour, which is kind of um, run by the, the Saudi uh, Saudi government's public investment fund. Um, so I, I suppose the background of this, there's been quite a split in golf over the last two years where you know the traditional way it was it was the European tour and and the PGA tour in the US was the big one and then the Saudi uh, Saudi kind of money came in and was looking to disrupt um the golf world and there was different talks about what format that would take eventually they they created this platform called Live Golf and and they started offering huge sums of money to some of the sports top stars to come and join this rebel league as it was known um and some took the money and, and walked away and said I'm going to join this league and then others like Rory McIlroy Shane Lowry um, uh, all decided that they were going to stay with the traditional PGA Tour and they went to bat for the PGA Tour and they said you know they were the front of it they they were loyal to the PGA Tour and said that we would you know stand by it and, and fight for it and then the very thing that they were loyal to kind of sold them down the river this week when it announced they had it was going to merge with the Saudi, the Saudi-backed um, Live Tour. So it's a, a nor, you know, this is kind of where sport, the intersection of sport and business, uh, I think, was what is interesting about this this past week. And you know, just to give a bit of a background, who, what is this? Public investment fund. It's a essentially a sovereign wealth fund that the Saudi government has um, has established. It's it's an enormous fund, seven hundred billion dollars. Seven hundred billion. They, they, wow. Yeah, that they have assets under management. Uh, so I mean, they they've. I think in the last couple of years they've sunk about two billion dollars uh, into different sports. Between like they bought Newcastle United Football Club last year, as we all know, they've the, the golf. They've also invested heavily in Formula One, wrestling, other mass market sports that they're trying to. Um, I suppose it, you know claims of sports washing around what they're trying to do with, mm. with, with, with investing this kind of money, but certainly golf has sort of looked at the, the the money won out in the end and the PGA Tour. You know, a long established 
tour has decided we're, we're going to formally um, do a deal with the yeah. Saudis and, and Saudi money is going to be backing the main golf tour of the world um, for the foreseeable future by the looks of things. Yeah, it looks like the second series of Top Swing or whatever it's called, that documentary which featured quite a bit of uh, the, the acrimony about the whole live thing will be interesting. Interesting you were mentioning the Saudi uh, Sovereign Wealth Fund. Um, just getting back to Amidas, uh, I see that the Irish state will also benefit from the sale of Amidas because it was an investor uh, in it through the Irish Strategic Investment Fund. Uh, interesting uh, indeed. Lorcan, we're going to have to leave it there. That's Lorcan Allen, uh, business editor for the Business Post. Thanks for joining us this evening on The Bottom Line, Lorcan. Thanks very much, John. We'll talk to you again soon. Lorcan Allen there. Now, we're going to be back with lots more. We're going to talk about staff retention after the break. Don't go away. KCLR, The Bottom Line, with John Purcell. Just after 22 minutes after 6 o'clock, John Purcell with you until 7 o'clock on the bottom line. Matt O'Keefe coming up with the Tierlawn Farm Programme at 7 o'clock. Lots more to entertain you and inform you this evening on Casey Lorne. Staff recruitment and retention is a business issue that has shot right to the top of the agenda of many businesses, especially, I think, since the pandemic. In most extreme cases, we've reported here on the programme, sadly, that some businesses have had to close because they simply can't source and retain staff. Now, next Thursday, Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce and Industry, along with Kilkenny Local Enterprise Office, are hosting a lunchtime event on the very theme of recruitment and retention of staff. Now, earlier today, I spoke with John Hurley of Kilkenny Chamber, along with a man called John O'Shannon of Lean BPI, who's speaking at the event, and we talked about the whole area. But I started by asking John Hurley about why Kilkenny Chamber had teamed up with Kilkenny Leo for this event. One of the things that is really challenging businesses at the moment is the whole area of staff, recruiting staff, retaining staff, training staff, uh, managing turnover staff, staff's wellness and well-being in the workplace. So many things and so many challenges. So we decided to run an event uh, which would be informative and uh, hopefully helpful. Uh, we have some uh, fantastic speakers and um, it's on in the New Park Hotel. So it's something very much worthwhile uh, businesses considering coming to. Yeah, speakers at the event include Andrew Webb, who's the Chief Economist with Grant Thornton, Caroline Reedy, who's from the HR suite. Uh, the session will be chaired by Noel Davidson, who's from the Entrepreneurs Academy, uh, John O'Shanahan, who's from a company called Lean BPI. John is Managing Director there. John, thanks for joining us on the line. Thanks, John. Delighted to be on what you say. Tell us the kind of work that you do uh, through your company, Lean BPI. So what we do is um, we try to help companies improve their business performance by improving their business performance processes. And I suppose over the last, uh, I'm in business over 30 years, but particularly over the last five years, what we're seeing is that digital systems are an important element of that to to make the job easier for whoever's doing the work. And that's a win-win for the company and for for whoever's doing the work. And that covers everything from it's not just, you know, how efficiently can you work it's also, you know, what's the quality of the work like? Um, what kind of stress level is it putting on the person to do the work? So that's what we work on now. We work on making people's life easier and improving business performance by helping them implement modern systems that would help them, you know, just do their work faster and and reduce stress in the workplace. And in relation to recruitment and retention, investing in the business and getting and keeping the right people, what will you be saying to this uh, gathering that's coming up on the 15th of June? 
Well, what I would say is that from a from a retention standpoint, it starts with the work. In my experience, it starts with the work that you're asking your team to do. And if you don't put effort into providing systems and staff can contribute to the development of systems, but you have to work on creating easier, I suppose, workflows or making the job easier to do. So that's what we will we will demonstrate to people examples of how companies have, have done that and have helped their staff to complete the work, you know, in a in an easier way for them to get through the day, reduce the stress on them. So that's that's the kind of work that we do. John Hurley, um, how big a, an issue is retention of staff uh, for businesses that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis? It constantly crops up uh, as a challenge for businesses, really, you know, to retain some of their best staff. The business really, no matter what area you're in or what sector you're in, your business is as good as your workers, how committed they are, how professional they are, um, and... Um, also how happy they are and you know we ran uh, an event earlier on in the Chamber of Commerce this year uh, looking at uh, workplace health and well-being in the workplace Um, and it was uh, interesting to hear some of the statistics like 45% of the 18 to 34 year olds were planning to change job in the coming year and 59% of employers were planning to increase new hires this year that's a huge amount of movement uh, and willingness to move both on the employers side and the employees so we need to understand what's actually happening there and we need to get into that game we when I say we I'm talking about us employers need to get into that game knowing what we're facing knowing what um, you know our staff currently want but also knowing what we need to portray in terms of our business so that we're a good place for people to consider coming to working for us as well Uh, and the interesting thing as well is that one in three uh, people are proactively seeking an employer who prioritizes work and wellness in the workplace. Um, so that's a key thing, we, you know, uh, John O'Shannon also made reference there to stress in the workplace and so on. These are key things and they're very much high on the agenda, both for employers, but also employees. It's not always the biggest paycheck that wins the best employee over to you. It's what else you would provide as well, a good working place and a good ethos. John O'Shannon, uh, how do people start along the road if someone's listening to this, they're running a business and they're, f- they're saying to themselves, yeah, maybe I'm a bit behind the game on this. Uh, what should they be doing and how should they start the process for their own businesses? Well, the first thing I would do as a business owner is I would actually put yourself in the shoes of your workers and see what kind of workload you're asking people to do and what kind of tools do they have to do that. The reality of a small business is people have to wear many hats. So if someone leaves or someone goes on holidays, it results in extra work for who's left. But you have to look at that and say, okay, would there be a way that we could actually reduce the effort required to do that task? So what I would say is really it's a systems approach is what you're looking at. So, you know, we were kind of saying that, um, you know, a bad system will beat a good person every time. So in other words, if you've got a poor system, you keep throwing good people at it, it'll wear them down. But if you can develop better systems, now when someone goes on holiday, on holidays, the system can help carry some of the load. So that's what I would say. I think a systems approach is important. And systems don't have to be fancy, complicated things. They can just be, what's the best way to do this job? Is there a standardized way to do this? Are we using some modern tools or techniques um, to do that? And then, you know, take it step by step from there. But you can't... 
you have to work on, I suppose, continuously improving that over time. And once you do that, you will get there in our experience. Are there any particular sectors, John O'Shannon, that are particularly badly hit by uh, staff retention? Or is it just a post-COVID thing where people are just finding it tough to keep going through the drudge of work in, in the absence of systems? Yeah, I can't really say from my experience that a particular sector is 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 hit. I mean, in the smaller businesses, um, I think it's a case-by-case case within the business. So if your business is, and people will know this, anybody that runs a small business will know, am I asking my staff to work back because we're short-staffed? or because people go on holidays and the work builds up. So business owners need to be realistic as well about what are you asking people to do and is it reasonable? And it's not reasonable in the long term to expect that in in today's workplace. It's like people want that work-life balance. They want to be able to finish the work and not have a big backlog waiting for them tomorrow. So I would say you need to open your eyes and say, what can we do? Can we have a little bit of cover built in or can we put in a system that will help carry the load. Mm. If we do that, we get off this vicious circle of um, people leaving and more stress on who's left. Yeah. Uh, John Hurley, uh, the event, as we mentioned, is on Thursday, the 15th of June. It's been held over lunchtime. Uh, Can you give us a bit about the format? What way is the day going to run? And and if people want to go along, what should they do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a panel of um, uh, top-notch speakers, as you outlined outlined at the top of the show there. Um, The event starts at 12.30 p.m. and runs until 2.30 p.m. And it's on in the New Park Hotel. And uh, complimentary lunch will be provided for all attendees. So really, it's um, it's kind of an extended lunch time as such, and we all have to break for lunch at some stage during the day. So why not come and do that, but also come and hear about how you can upskill yourself and form yourself as an employer and indeed an employee uh, in all of this these conversations around recruitment and retention. That was John Hurley, CEO of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce and Industry, and also John O'Shanahan, Managing Director of Lean BPI, and they'll be uh, featured at that event coming up next Thursday in the New Park Hotel in Kilkenny brought to you by Kilkenny Chamber and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Office. Coming up we're going to be talking about goals objectives. If you started off the year and you kind of fell off the wagon maybe it's an opportunity to reset as we're halfway through. But in the next segment we'll be talking to Jerry Duffy about all that good stuff. KCLR. KCLR indeed. Great stuff. Get out and enjoy your local festivals all over the coming months because we're in the middle of the year and the sun is out and people are feeling good. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by a man we last spoke to in the darkness of January. Jerry Duffy, how are you? I'm great. I cannot believe it's six months since we chatted, John. Yeah, doesn't time just absolutely fly? You know, it was uh, would have been around this time of the day, 6.30, it would have been dark. But now, six months on, um, it's bright. <laughs> I don't want to get all philosophical, but it's 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 the way stuff goes in cycles, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it also shows us that years go very fast. So, it, it, you know, maybe, you know, let's make the most of them and, and let's enjoy the summer while it's here. Yeah, and, and capitalise on uh, potential and all that sort of stuff. Your story, just before we get into goal setting and all that sort of stuff, you used to have a pathological fear of public speaking, which would, I'm sure, include speaking on the radio. But now you're doing it with some of the biggest companies around and helping people set goals. Um, you've made a business out of it. Was that a goal for you? It, it, it was many, many years ago, yeah, I decided, I, I kind of got, got through the fear, and it was a, a massive fear that I had. Um, but, you know, 
and you know I think over time it, like it took me a number of years to kind of get over the fear I got over the fear before before I, I kind of decided I want to do it for a living I'd kind of done some talks at that stage but yeah I made a decision 12 or 13 years ago that this is something I wanted to do and you know I, I still get nervous now but but ner- excitedly nervous if that makes sense Yeah and you can manage it um, Talk to us about goal setting so why should people set goals? Well I think many reasons we might want to achieve something lose weight you know start a business you know achieve financial freedom whatever it is and obviously that's one reason but also I think another great reason is I think goals can give us a great sense of purpose because you know we speak about six months since we last chatted John you know a year is such a such a a precious gift and we only get a very finite number of them Mm. what I discovered is by by having goals you know I I maybe have achieved higher levels of of success in my life in terms of areas I wanted to focus on but also there's a great expression I'm sure you've heard of it it's not just about the years in your life it's about the life in your years and I think goals can give us a great sense of purpose and great sense of life in the years that we're lucky enough to get and what about keeping on track with your goals because I have a, a slight suspicion that you know we spoke in January which is kind of goal setting time you know another word for his New Year's resolutions, I suppose. A lot of people let them slip because, like, life gets in the way. If someone's kind of gone in the middle of the year, is this kind of a good time for looking back at the year, how you've done so far, and maybe resetting your goals for the year ahead? Yeah, I remember a number of years ago, John, I was asked to work with, with, a, with a corporate client. And in, in the early summer, they, or sorry, just before the summer, they had adopted this a kind of wellness program for for the, the people that work there. And everybody thought it was a great idea. They were buddying up, they were eating well, they were meeting up in the evenings to walk two or three kilometres. Everybody said, this is brilliant. When we come back after the summer, we're, all, we're definitely going to do it again. And they rang me in October. And the reason they rang me was, it hadn't happened. Mm. And I think what maybe if, if there was an area where that, that, those people could look at is they didn't have a plan for September they just maybe assumed that this was going to happen and I think that's you know you talk about having a plan having a reset we do need to have a plan for goals it's not just enough to write a goal down you know I talk about putting systems in place to keep you on track and a simple example might be you know we're halfway through the year I I am going to check back in on my goal because we might say well that goal is gone now we didn't achieve it but we've another six months of this year left so why not maybe Mm. use the time now to, 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 to reach a you know, and but we could do that at any time. We don't have to wait six months to do it. I told you you could check in every quarter, you could check in every week if you wanted to, because if the goal is important enough, if you're looking for tools and strategies to guarantee you get across the line, there are some simple things like that we can do to kind of support us, to hold us, hold us accountable almost to ourselves to, to really achieve the goal. Give us some tips in that respect, Jerry. I think one of the biggest things, if, if I was to share one or two things, and that one thing I'd be very keen to share is when we write down our goals or identify our goals, is to identify, well, why is this goal important? Because the why is the intrinsic motivator. And if you tap back into the why, maybe at a time when you might feel vulnerable to the goal, you might feel unmotivated to the goal, so there's a very good chance that why, because it's such an emotive thing, it's usually the inner reason why you really want it. So simple example is I want to save a certain amount of money this year. Why? Because I want to retire in 10 years' time. So the, the retire becomes the why. So to tap back into that when you might be thinking, am I going to save this money now or am I going to spend it in the short term? 
well, my long-term goal here is to retire in 10 years, so that's why I'm going to stay on track. So, And that works just as equally in personal goals as it, as it does in business goals. So put you the know, why very much to the front. I can see that in terms of if you were talking about keeping fit and you said why, and you'd go, well, I want to feel more energetic at work, I want to feel more alert to deal with the pressures and all that sort of stuff. It becomes more compelling almost with the why. Absolutely. And it might be, you know, I, I want to maybe live to see my grandchildren or maybe live to see a child, you know, getting married or whatever it might be. Mm. And, you know, we very often we, we kind of, I feel that our behaviour now can impact so positively how we feel in 10 years time based on, you know, if it's a well-being goal, for example. Yeah. Talk to me a bit about physical environment and, and all that kind of stuff. Does that make, a, you know, your surroundings, does that make a difference? I think the environment is super important and not just the physical environment, uh, but also the, 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 maybe the people environment. So surround yourself, put yourself in positive situations, you know, like, for example, maybe, you know, if, if you're, if it's a weight loss thing, maybe physical environment, maybe lock the biscuits away or, or get rid of the biscuits or whatever it might be, but also maybe to surround yourself with people that are going to support you, maybe people that can hold you accountable if that's something. So so definitely our, our environment, you know, create the right environment. If I want to exercise, you know, a couple of mornings a week, maybe it's to create a physical environment that makes them easier. So when I wake up, I don't have to be thinking about where's my running gear. Maybe you organise the running gear the night before and leave it at the door. Yeah, you know, now you... Healthy eating. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, Jerry. You talked about running. Um, you ran 32 marathons in 32 days. Talk to us a bit about getting through the pain barrier. You know what I mean? When people are trying to do something business-wise and they come up against a challenge and, you know, they just feel, oh, I can't do this. I can't go on, but I must go on. Give us some tips on how you do that. Yeah, well, if I if I want to, if I'm struggling in my motivation even to do a run to this day, a simple trigger I might use is, you know, someday... I won't be able to run, but today is not that day. And maybe to, I talk a lot about the power of perspective and to put a challenge into into perspective, you know, relative to to other challenges that other people might have in life. And you know, if I have a if, if I if I have a challenge in, in my day, whatever it might be, to just think about people that this might be just not a challenge. It's something that might be happening in their life that might be might be much more difficult. So you know, and also you know, just to. Look in that moment, well, what's within my control? Because very often we worry about things that are outside of our control and maybe we spend our time thinking about things outside of our control and in that time, it might have been better spent looking at, well, what am I in control of here? And to say, well, I can't control things outside of my control, but I can control these. I need to control these. And to, just to, to shift the focus into that and make quickly to, to do whatever those things might be, and um, to, to help you achieve a goal. Mm. Jerry, finally, if people like the sound of what you're uh, talking about, how can they uh, contact you, get a look at what you do, and so on and so forth? Yeah, very easy to find, John. Uh, JerryDuffyAcademy.com is the website. I, I, I'm on most of the social media channels. And funny, one thing I'd love to share, I, I do remember six months ago, you asked me to recommend the book at the time, and I recommended a particular book. But, you know, I, I'm just literally immersed in a book that I think is so relevant to our discussion today. And it's a book, I don't know the author. I got the book um, a number of months ago. I nearly finished the book. And it, there's some great tips in it about how to achieve goals, John. And it's a book that people might be familiar with. It's, it's, it's in the bookshops, in most good bookshops, called Atomic Habits. Oh, Atomic and Habits, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. Uh, James Clear, a very simple book, a very practical book. 
I think a book that I certainly have enjoyed and I think other people might as well. Jerry, great talking to you as usual and we might check in with you again before the year gets too old. That's Jerry Duffy and of course you can uh, check out Jerry's uh, website which is jerryduffyacademy.com. Thanks Jerry, uh, talk to you again soon. Thanks John. And now we're going to switch from uh, Jerry running his 32 marathons in 32 days to another man who uh, has started a business out of his sporting passion. He would have been known to many people or is known to many people through Blue Wall. Uh, Roger McClure, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you, John. Um, You've retired. Uh, Possibly retired. I've changed career. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, um, so what? what's your new... Uh, we started Re- Riverbend Adventures, myself, David, uh, myself and my son, David, and it's a kayaking tours company, plus uh, paddling on the water. We're calling it Splash and Dash. So that's uh, an opportunity for people to just rock up, uh, book a session on a kayak or on a stand-up paddleboard. Mm. So, so winding back, like, how long have you been into kayaking? Oh, since I was 15, yeah. Really? Less. Yeah, so right. yeah. it's not today or yesterday, nope. really. Nope. And, it, and it was always um, a passion of yours. It was a school passion and we built our own canoes and uh, I've never never stopped. Different stages of life, do a little bit more and less. Of this. Yeah, and I mentioned Blue Wall and you were busy, had a busy career. Tell me the role of sport and a passion like that and kind of keeping your head balanced and all well, that kind of stuff. You were talking to Jer- Jerry there and uh, for me, the beauty, particularly during the summer, was you worked hard and at five o'clock in the evening or six o'clock, you were on the river kayaking or teaching or bringing family on the water. So just was a great switch off and uh, that thing Jerry was is talking about it's just it's brilliant to bring a balance to your life mm, and it's very important to business so it's not just a, a kind of a hobby but it's it's it it leads to mental engagement and and fitness and, and better able to deal with the stresses and strains i think so and and we certainly one one of the aspects of our business we hope will be do some corporate stuff uh we paddle dragon boats which you you see on the river and uh, we'll be offering corporate opportunities to bring uh, 20 or 40 people out on the river have a bit of fun and uh, paddle them as well as uh, or kayaks. Um, yeah, and your son um, David McClure, he's no slouch when it comes to the old kayaking and uh, canoeing himself. Give us a bit of a, give us uh, the proud dad kind uh, of uh, he, well, CV. He's fourth in the world at the moment and uh, the, he's European, current European champion and at the moment he's competing in Germany so he's been, he's supposedly working but he's actually been paddling in uh, Finland for the last two weeks, training uh, back to do some work on Monday so hopefully I'll, I'll get a little sit back. Yeah, and, and ha- it's a, it's a kind of a it's a profession he's a he's a full-time athlete really full-time athlete but not much money in it so he has to get a job as well so that's why we're running the kayak business too yeah so tell us um you know you were you you were that word quote-unquote retiring retired and so on but you didn't let the grass grow under your feet so how did how did you know there's obviously a, a niche in the market because there's loads of people kind of canoeing and all that sort of stuff how did you come to kind of spec out or scope out the the market enough Uh, to know that there was a business in it it remains to be seen but uh, there is kayak tours in many cities whether it's Gdansk or, or Galway or Cork or West Cork and Kerry so there is a growing market and Fulcher Ireland have um, decided to invest in uh, outdoor pursuits buildings I think there's 19 of them being built over the next couple of years and Kilkenny pitched for one of those with the view to putting uh, corporate operators Yeah and the there market. was a water sports we talked to Fulcher Ireland during the pandemic funding was awarded um, for a water sports centre um, to be in Kilkenny City Centre where's that at? 
that uh, project uh, is proceeding and I understand the first designs have been uh, prepared for the management in the council so we're hoping that that's going to happen um, we had a public meeting a couple of months back and it's moving ahead at pace but it will take several years mm. so we hope that perhaps the council and Falch Ireland might provide something temporary up at Greensbridge or somewhere the final location is proposed to be in County Hall just between the, the buildings and the River Court. Yeah, and um, Kilkenny very fortunate to have a, a lovely river flown right through it. How much of a tourist potential do you think there is? Oh, I think it's massive. Um, it's seasonal, but for the, for, for the four months of the year, I think it's going to be very nice. Uh, it, 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 people are looking for alternative uh, holiday activities, which may mean getting wet, a little bit of fun, and uh, not just walking the streets. So we're we're very confident that that will uh, that will grow and that 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 market is 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 there to be tapped by us and by others. And the weather at the moment must be fantastic for such. Oh, a... It's very tempting. So yes, we're 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 going to have some boards some to rent and people people to, on Sunday morning if anybody wants to come down, I'll I'll have it on our riverbend.ie um, or riverbendadventures.ie and on our Facebook page. Uh, so we'll be putting up there. People can book and come out and go for a uh, splash. Fantastic. You're listening to the bottom line, the program for and about business on KCLR. I'm talking to Roger McClure, uh, founder with his son of Riverbend Adventures. You can check him out at riverbendadventures.ie. We're going to take a break and we'll be back to talk to Roger some more. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Carlo Kilkenny, KCLR. It's about nine and a half minutes away from seven o'clock. John Purcell with you until then. And I'm joined in studio by Roger McClure, who retired, but then turned his passion into a business, which is just getting underway on the waters of the River Noor and presumably any other river where, where you can spot an opportunity, uh, Roger, through your new business, Riverbend Adventures. Talk to us a bit about retirement and, you know, coming up to, you know, having had a busy career over decades, I suppose, then just facing into retirement. How, you know, how, what was your frame of mind going into it? Uh, completely open and it was a situation uh, I was a business have a business partner who's running who's now taken on to run the business 100% so uh, like anything it's not necessarily straightforward but we negotiated a, a very suitable or amicable deal and it allowed me to step back from the business and I um, I have no regrets it's, And was there a time when the penny dropped that your passion you went God, there could be a business in this and did you have any fear that like adding a business element to something that was a hobby and an escape would actually ruin the hobby and escape. I haven't got to that stage yet and um, I'm hopeful it won't. Uh, I, I just love the passion. I love the river and the passion. I have a passion for sharing that that, that river. So uh, I think that there's so much you can do in volunteering and I, I continue to volunteer whether it's a Special Olympics or through the Canoe Club, which I'm chairman of at the moment. But the... The, the, the only way people get to do sports now in, in most cases, whether it's gymnastics or kayaking, is, uh, is to, is to be paid, to, is to pay for it. Uh, there's a limit to what, uh, most clubs have in terms of volunteering. So you can only ask people to volunteer so much. Because there's a lot of costs involved, aren't there? And insurance must be substantial and Absolutely, all of that yes. kind of stuff. How's that issue? Is that, um, you know, because we hear a lot about that when it, it comes to bouncy castles, for example. You know, Glenn Tector will, is, is a loud advocate on that issue. Water sports, it's not without its danger. And I know you have very high, um, safety standards anytime I see anyone in a canoe, but, uh, you know, it, it generates costs, I'm sure. 
it's our first year of trading. We were lucky. There is there is an association of adventure sports, our association. They have lobbied and we got insurance through that scheme. But, uh, you know, that's our first year. So mm. who knows after year one? You, you, you mentioned the canoe club here. How big is the is the community of people already involved in, in Kilkenny and the, the wider area? We've about 160 members. We, we could well top 200 this year, uh, uh, active, active members. And there's lots of people who would have paddled and are still paddling in their own way. It's one of those things like you learn to run you can run anywhere and you can kayak anywhere and I'm sure there are different levels that you can come in at as well Um, you you know uh, we're talking about active holidays there is a local market as well for people who'd be looking at doing something on a day off and so on and so forth what would you say to people who are kind of going say look well I've never I don't know where to start I'd uh, be a bit shy about getting into the river (laughs) you know yeah, there could have some reluctance, but that's the opportunity we're going to give people to come out just for an hour, book an hour and come out and see whether they like it. Uh, it's not an easy sport. Uh, going straight is uh, a very challenging situation in a kayak or a canoe. So there's a frustration element to it. Uh, and we've we've chosen to use mostly double canoes uh, or kayaks, so they tend to go a little bit straighter. You mentioned the corporate market. Presumably there's a good team building kind of element to it as well. Um, I see the dragon boat out. That seems to me like a well machine but if you're having to what did they say paddle your <laughs> paddle your canoe you have to keep in in sync so presumably workplaces could benefit from that as well it's a great fun sport we did it with their, through the club we've done it for VHI and a couple of other organisations in fact tomorrow uh, a mixture of people from Arup Kilkenny County Council and um, the contractors who are doing a lighting scheme in the southeast. I think Kilree is the name are coming out for a corporate couple of hours uh, we'll give them coffee and uh, they'll come out and have a team building exercise and maybe a little bit of competition between contractor and council or, or contract uh, so we're, we're yeah that, that's that's a very interesting potential we think and the water sports um, centre that you say is in, in the pipeline that will be really um, a, a game changer I would imagine for, for the sport and for people interested in, in taking part in it well it should professionalise it uh, insofar as at the moment we'll be telling people to rock up at the slip uh, in a wetsuit or in their clothes and change it aside the road unfortunately uh, so the view would be that the plan that Fulcher Ireland want is to provide a professional uh, designed building which is standard through almost standard throughout all of their 19 centres they will look and feel the same changing rooms lockers um, Is that simple. the kind of goal where you're going that it be people kind of rock up and, and have a really well developed set of facilities that they can have showers when they get out after getting an old drenching in the nor or whatever? Absolutely, that's what Falch Ireland are picturing. That it's a it's a it's a it's a top class facility uh, to give people a good experience. There'll be public parking in in uh, county council building, or they can walk there, arrive in, change it into their clothes, and the providers will provide. How critical is the weather to your to your um, venture? You know what I mean. You've had fantastic. This is your first summer. Um, couldn't have got off to a better start, really. Uh, the weather is. I think it's more in your head. Uh, once you're on the water, if you've the right clothes on, it doesn't matter. During December, I was uh, swimming uh, on a, on a training course, and uh, I had a dry suit on. And the only thing that got wet is my hands and my net head. And uh, you know, it's and you're it's focused your on as you were saying, going straight and so on and so forth. If people want to find out, you know, if people are interested in whether um, you know it's a corporate thing um, or an individual thing, 
what kind of process do you have or uh, how do you talk to someone and say yeah it might be a good idea for a for a, a company day out or something like that do you help them design what you're going to do or is it just a question of rocking up or what's the best way about it oh I would like to design it and we might bring in a package where staff could come down maybe stay have an overnight stay in one of the local hotels perhaps have breakfast brunch uh, out on the river maybe change their clothes at lunchtime have the option of a half day or a full day and incorporate that so for Kilkenny Tourism it's another offering for uh, the, the, the group so they could be doing business conference plus uh, that facility for a couple of hours um, that's that's where we see it we haven't developed it further but it's on our website and that's that, that's that's a per, by, case by case uh, business Well look uh, Roger it's uh, fantastic talking to you I'm excited about the business it sounds great and uh, we'll keep in touch and if you're a business out there and you would like to uh, you know take Roger up on that you can check out riverbendadventures.ie that's all we've got time for this week on the bottom line we'll be back next Thursday uh, remember if you have any comments or ideas you'd like to get to us you can email the bottom line at kclr96fm.com you can listen back to any of the episodes just search for the bottom line on KCLR on Apple Store Google Play or Spotify thanks to all our guests this week Lorcan Allen John O'Shannon John Hurley Jerry Duffy and Roger McClure thanks to Deirdre Drummy who produced the show thanks to you most of all for listening remember we'll be back next Thursday just after the news at 6 for more stories for and about business until then and until we keep we talk to you again keep the faith stay tuned to KCLR and look after yourselves The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell